I think like one of my favorite examples was I wrote a thread about how how I was really nervous to do my first syndicate deal. And it was it was scary. Like I'm going to talk about it on Friday, but like I worked through two hurricanes and food poisoning and really shitty Wi-Fi to do my first syndicate deal in a company called Palette in November of 2020. But so I, I wrote about that experience and I wrote about being nervous to ask people for money because it was my first time fundraising. Hello, everyone. Welcome back after a brief hiatus due to planning for my annual meeting, which is this Friday. We have over 30 portfolio company, LP, and friends of the fun coming to San Diego, which I'm really excited about. Hi. Yeah, sorry, there was no seed to harvest. Also, I have a favor to ask. If you like this podcast, if you've sent me an email about it, If you are like, damn, you know what? I like this a lot. Please write a review on whatever podcast platform that you listen to. I would really appreciate it. Okay, so anyways, I wanted to do something a little bit different today. I wanted to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is cold emailing. I have five Ps because my name is Paige, so that makes sense five P's of cold outreach. And at this point in my life, I'm pretty much like a professional cold outreacher. And I also get a lot of cold outreach from founders, folks looking to get into venture. And cold outreach is really what built the foundation of my career, whether that was an email or a Twitter DM or LinkedIn. And so I wanted to talk about the five P's. So first we have perspective, purpose, process, prep, and post. So Let's start with perspective. And I'll share some fun anecdotes from my cold outreach because I feel like it's been really cool, the people I've gotten to talk with. Okay, so perspective. A lot. Okay, I, I've been, I was thinking about this. I was at a yoga class and the woman next to me, we started chatting after class and she was like, oh yeah, I'm like going to Nepal next week to climb Everest. And I was like, you're what? And, and I kept thinking about like, People who do all of these incredible things live on the same dimension. You know, they exist in the same dimension, even if you're like looking at them through a screen or you're watching an interview on Bloomberg or you're watching an interview on Forbes, like they exist in your same dimension. And I think one of the things that's really cool about the internet is the internet enables you to talk to people who have, you know, climbed the highest mountains or raised billions of dollars. Like they're literally just an email away. And so I want to provide that perspective. And then also they get asked for stuff all the time for meetings, for money, blah, blah, blah. It is so nice to receive an email that's just like, hey, I I love your story. I love what you did. Just wanted to share that. Hope you're having a good day. I get an email like that. I'm like, that was so nice. That just made my day. I'm putting it in my little impact Google folder. And I think that sometimes it can be kind of scary to reach out to people who are successful, but the truth is everyone puts their pants on the same way in the morning and we exist in the same dimension. So act like it. I I think that I started doing cold outreach when I was in probably in college and I read this book that I really liked by Beth Comstock, who is a GE executive, and I wrote her an email and I'm going to talk about this in purpose, I wanted to reach out to her and share the impact that her book had on my life. She wrote a great book on entrepreneurship. 
which is entrepreneurship within a company. I was working at Northrop Grumman at the time. And a lot of what she was saying about how you can be an entrepreneur within a larger corporation really spoke to me. But obviously, it was like, hey, Beth, I loved your book. Here's, you know, some things about me. I'm a student at SCSU. I'm working at Northrop Grumman. And I think that your book was really impactful for me. And here's how I'm applying it in my work today. And then I was just like, you know, no ask, just thought it was cool, thought I'd share. And I think she ended up emailing me back like a couple days later and was just like, hey, thanks so much for the note. And that was so cool to me. I was like, well, I'm just like a college student. I wrote someone an email and they got back to me. And now like flash forward to today, I think like the value of cold outreach continues to compound because now as I built credibility and I've done things like, you know, built a venture firm, managing millions of dollars, investing in all of the amazing founders that we get to back at Behind Genius Ventures, being on Forbes, writing a book, et cetera. Now I have more credibility to add into my cold emails and the responses get even like faster. So for example, there is an investor who I've wanted to interview who's on the Midas list for Seed to Harvest. And I just sent her a cold email and I was like, hey, here's my story. I'd love to have you on the podcast. And she replied literally like <laughs> maybe in four hours. So I'm really excited to have her on and I'll share who that is when she comes on. But one of my goals is to interview the all the women on the Midas list. That's my seed to harvest goal for the year because I there's just some really incredible investors in the list. Okay, so purpose, like have a purpose in mind. And I think too often we can think about how purpose needs to be something more than just a thank you. But I think in this world, like, you can never have too much gratitude and you can never have too many messages saying like, hey, this really impacted my life or hey, seeing you represented in this way really changed the way that I saw myself in this industry. So purpose can be gratitude. Gratitude can be purpose. Okay, process. So you can do cold email in a couple different ways. Like if you're doing it for sales or you're doing it for fundraising, what I'd suggest is building a list of people that you want to reach out to, put it in Google Sheets, put their names, put, you know, find their emails. There's a bunch of different ways to do that. Um, there's some blogs I'll, I'll link down below, but have their emails and then go through. And what I would recommend is like either listen to a podcast or read a transcript of a podcast that they've done. Pick out a couple things that resonate with you. And I think this works best when you have three specific bullet points of things that they've done that resonate with your story. Because if you have one, when I read it, like when I get an email like that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like they did, you know, some research. But if they pull out like three different facts that resonate with my life, I'm like, oh, okay, this person like actually did their research and I am interested in having a conversation and responding to their email because there was a level of depth and respect. Like that's what I feel. I feel like respect when when that happens. Um so I'd say pull three different things that resonate with you, put them in bullet points on the next column of your spreadsheet, and then, you know, do this for, depends on your purpose. Like like I was saying, I think you can do it individually. If you read something that speaks to you, write a quick email and just be like, hey, I really love this. Here's why. And that can be a process in and of itself. But if you're doing it for more sales oriented or or fundraising, I would definitely recommend doing it in a batch way so you can have 
it also enables you if, if you want to like hire someone to help you do cold outreach that's a process that someone else can do for you as well sometimes the the residence part is like very personal so i i would recommend doing it by yourself for a while before you hire someone and then go through and write an email it's also like it doesn't have to be perfect make sure your spelling and grammar is good but it doesn't have to be perfect and i think someone will get like the vibe like that's what you're really going for it's like when you when you're writing the email think about the person that you're writing to and you're like okay how do i want this person to feel like and you can imagine them either having like a good day or a really bad day and you're like okay i want this person to feel appreciated and i want them to i just want to be able to express like my appreciation for them um so that is what i would say in terms of like the process side of things and then for the prep i think i originally did a cold outreach up in 2020 which is incredibly popular has been shared like hundreds of times people still reach out to me today and say like hey i got a job because of this i got you know, I started my own syndicate. I like got in touch with someone I never thought I could get in touch with. And so the prep on this was like the prep for the call, which is I would I would consider like personally now I would change my call to action instead of like let's hop on a five to 10 minute phone call to asking them a specific question about something that has been on my mind. I think that that has a much higher response rate anecdotally than let's hop on a call. And now being on the receiving end of a lot of those emails, I think that whenever someone asks me a thoughtful question, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This is going to take a couple of minutes to respond to. I can make other content about it. And so this is very valuable to me versus like, I would say it gets, it gets a little bit more challenging to like hop on a call. But I, I mean, I still do it when, whenever I get like really interesting cold emails. So that, that prep, I would extend and have you know, maybe five bullet points of things that resonate with you and two specific questions. So it, then when you go onto the call, you have a little bit of context and you also have a purpose and it's less scary. It's kind of like, I liken it to like, if you go to the grocery store when you're hungry and you don't have a list, it's kind of a lot. It's, <laughs> it's just a lot, but you go and you have a list and you're like, okay, cool. I got a mission. I can do this. And so I think that in this case, doing that prep for the call can make it less intimidating to talk to them. But I've definitely been, I think like my, I, I did this for Anne Yuri Co, who is a founding partner at Floodgate. And she's also on the Midas list. I wrote her a cold email because I wanted her to write the foreword to my book, Seed to Harvest. And I just remember being on that call and just being like, pardon my French, but like scared shitless. I was like, oh my gosh. And so, But I had had like my prep work done. And so I had like different things that I resonated with her on. And I had some questions to ask her. And I had like my main purpose was to ask her about the foreword for my book. And I just remember like, I was like shaking. And then she's like, yeah, I would love to do that. So I think that was a really cool example of, um, you know, a, t a time where I was nervous about doing cold outreach and then it ended up kind of magical. And so, yeah, I would recommend doing the prep so it's less scary. And then the last thing is post. So I think this for me has been meaning like keep in touch with a person or I love when I write a cold email and then I'll respond to it like two years later and be like, hey, like update you know, I, I did all this stuff and I, I so appreciate 
you responding to this email. I think like one email in particular that was really special to me was I was emailing back and forth with this investor, Mike Dempsey, who's a GP at Compound in New York. And I was emailing back and forth. He had tweeted about some article he was looking for. And so I took it upon myself to go and do the research. It was a really interesting article on social capital. Um talking about how in Silicon Valley, angel investing builds social capital. And it talked a lot about how if we can extend that to other ecosystems and have angel investing build social capital as well, then there becomes like a more robust early stage financing environment, which I thought was really interesting. So I sent that to him and then we emailed back and forth a couple times, just like keeping up. I don't know. Sometimes I treat email like text. Like I'll just, you know, be like, here's the thing I thought about. And then they reply. And then you like have a conversation over email. And I think that the informality of that is really nice. I personally enjoy informal email. But I ended up meeting Mike in New York after that email. I actually booked a flight after he was like, oh, if you're ever in New York, let's would love to grab coffee. And I think he was probably the first like senior investor that I had cold emailed and reached out to and I was like oh my gosh this is such a big opportunity and also I've never been in New York so all I just I bought a flight kind of on a whim I went out to visit my cousin I saw New York for the first time I love that city like I like San Diego is amazing New York's energy is just different I don't think I could live there because like seasonally I I couldn't hang as a Southern California native um but I went to this breakfast with it was supposed to be a five, 10 minute or like 30 minute coffee meeting. It turned into like an hour and a half at lunch or at breakfast in the in the West Village. And I remember he was talking about how him writing online had enabled him to build resonance when he didn't necessarily have like an investing track record. It got him this role at Compound. It enabled him to start investing like way sooner than he had anticipated because at the time when he had started, I think he was around my age. He was like 24, 25. And a lot of people break into venture later. Like I'm kind of statistically impossible, I would say. I'm usually the only one on the cap table under like 25 and uh yeah. So I so I think like writing online enables you to build credibility as well. And if I, I went back and looked at some of the stuff I was writing around that period. And I think the combination of writing online and then doing cold outreach where like that becomes a very compounding way to reach out to people. There is a very specific combination that I've used in venture where I write like resource guides and then this helps me in two ways so it also it helps me when people write me cold emails and they're like hey how did you do your first syndicate I'm like oh look at this I spent like 12 hours writing a piece on how to do your first syndicate it's a YouTube video here's all the resources that you need so it helps when people cold email me and it also helps when I want to cold email people because it's it's given me credibility within these different ecosystems because I produce so many educational resources. And I think that cold outreach is useful not only if you're a student in college, not only if you're in the middle of your career and looking to make a switch, but just like as a human, I think it's really fun to like reach out to people that you admire or look up to or have contributed to your influences. 
But I want to talk specifically about the job piece for a little and my own experience. I went to SCSU. We had like one alumni that worked in private equity. Shout out Justin Motika. He replied to my cold email. But there wasn't really, I didn't, you know, I didn't come from family money. It was just like, I didn't have any existing connections in venture, but I knew that I needed to make them to be successful in the field. And so I just started building lists of people who are writing online that I really like their writing in the venture space. I found a bunch of them through Twitter. And then as I got bigger on Twitter, I started doing more cold outreach via DMs. And these are like even more informal than than I would say like any email stuff because it's just like you can just it's just not that deep. Like I think there's this expectation of like you have to do like X amount of work and it has to be like this long and it has to be super formal. But I would just like write pieces and then DM people and be like, hey, I liked I liked your thread or I liked your tweet or this made me laugh. And then a lot of times they would reply. And I think like one of my favorite examples was I wrote a thread about how I was really nervous to do my first syndicate deal. And it was <laughs> it was scary. Like I'm going to talk about it on Friday, but like I worked through two hurricanes and food poisoning and really shitty Wi-Fi to do my first syndicate deal in a company called Pallet in November of 2020. But so I, I wrote about that experience and I wrote about being nervous to ask people for money because it was my first time fundraising. And I remember Andy Wiseman from Union Square Ventures who reached out and was like, hey, I love that you wrote this piece. Like, I still feel nervous when I have sent out a term sheet at Union Square Ventures, which is like one of the firms that I really look up to. And I just remember being like, that's so cool. Like, you know, Andy's decades into his career and an incredibly successful investor. And he's writing me that like he still he still feels nervous. So I think like don't be afraid to be vulnerable as well. And then through that, I ended up like I had written a piece on the Grateful Dead book, The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. And he Andy's like way into that music as well. And so we were emailing or we were DMing back and forth about that. And then he was like, oh, do you want to hop on a phone call? And I so <laughs> I pride myself on being punctual and never missing calls. And I had stayed up so late working on my deck for the fund for fun one. And I slept through our 7 a.m. call. <laughs> I just remember being like, my life is over. Like I had one shot and I blew it. And I emailed him. I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. I, like really wasn't feeling well. You know, can we please reschedule? And I remember being on that call and I remember being in my apartment that I was sharing with like three other girls and I was just looking up at the ceiling and he was talking about his like experience into venture and like asking me why I wanted to do this. And and then he ended up committing to invest in the fund. And that for me was so special because he was someone I had really look, looked up to. And yeah, and I think there's really cool examples on the other side so like founders that that I backed like for example Neil from Beacons I kept seeing like Beacons popping up on my for you page on TikTok and I reached out I was like all right this guy's got to have a Twitter and then I saw I found him on Twitter and then I sent him a DM and I was like hey I love what you're building at Beacons you know let me know if you want to chat and that was ultimately how we ended up investing in Beacons through through a cold outreach that I had sent so it's like you never know what you're going to get. Oh, and also there's like this cool, 
I, I feel like I had read a lot about how Mark Cuban responds to his emails, but I ended up emailing him and I was just like, hey, here's my story. You know, what books are you reading? That's one of my favorite questions to ask people because I feel like you often see like the person and like you see their persona. But I think sometimes even more interesting than that is like who are their influences? Like who do they look up to? Who do they want to emulate? Once you're at that point in your career, like what, you know, what are you shooting for? And that was really cool to he ended up replying in like a day or something and and was just like, hey, here's, you know, here's what I'm reading. I'm reading a lot about AI. And so I think there's just been so many incredible experiences that I've had through being proactive, through sending that DM, through sending that email. And so I would definitely encourage you to do the same. I know this is like a little rambly, a little all over the place, but I hope you liked it and I hope you have a wonderful week and thanks for listening and please leave a review if if you like my podcast I would really appreciate it special thank you to producer Riley Jennings and podcast editor Tate Doherty for your help on this episode if you're listening and you'd like to connect to me follow me on twitter or linkedin page finn with three n's thanks again for listening i really appreciate it you can look out for new episodes every monday at 5 p.m pst and if you'd like to learn more about the strategies and tactics of seasoned institutional investors and rising venture stars check out our youtube channel at seed to harvest also my tiktok channel seed to harvest where i post a lot of behind the scenes um and if you like this episode please rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast if that's on apple or spotify anyways thank you so much for listening i hope you have an awesome rest of your day